Welcome to the Shelter Footycast. Will Schofield, Mark Reddings, taking you through all the big stuff in the AFL of the week gone by and coming up ahead. Skeeter, we've got a Patreon now, mate. Are you excited? I've never heard the term Patreon, but I'm on board with you, Scoey. If you take me to the promised land, I'm there. VIP content, discounts, and much more. Backchatstudios.com.au to sign up as a VIP. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Yes, here we are, Shelter Footycast, live from Batchat Studios. We're on our own feed. You found us. Well done. Congratulations. Join us on socials, Shelter Footycast. Um, and you can send us an email, footycast at shelterbrewing.com.au. G'day, Skeeter. How are you? Hello, Scoey. Yeah, big derby fallout from yesterday and uh, some of the big names in town. In fact, going to a luncheon today where Gillan McLaughlin's going to be speaking. Uh, the outgoing Prime Minister I saw this morning walked past me Catch at 6 up. PR. No selfies. Didn't do what Mouse would do and just got the, the selfie, which he sent to me. And uh, But Albo's been in town. And he did point out um, somewhere that uh, he barracks for the Hawks, but he said the Dockers and the Rabbitohs are the only two clubs in Australia that are based on some historical, you know, being the Dockers, the Wharfies, and the Rabbitohs, something to do about, about unions or something. No, skinning rabbits or some bullshit. Anyway, <laughs> uh, anyway that's why that's what he brought Albo to town, and um, he was drinking red wine in the box yesterday, and uh, he was one of fifty-five thousand plus at the oh, Derby. Scoey, I saw him come out, so I was down on the boundary with Fox Footy. He walked. There was this big conglomerate. Oh mate, and they come on. He literally walked along. Someone had a baby. I swear to God, some that it was planted. <laughs> Because I, I go up and down the, the where the bar is. You know where people can drink their own ground yes. level. So I go up in there and cop abuse. I cop a bit of abuse, actually. I've got lots of stories today. All right, so first of all, I walk up and down there all the time. Cop the abuse, blow Why up. Why do you walk up and down to, to get uh, attention or not? I got, yeah, correct. Yeah, that's it, Skater. Thank you. Yeah, that's exactly right, mate. I go up and down. I get, get the red carpet out, guys. Here I am. Hello. No, you fuckwit. I, I, I go to interview Adam Simpson the other end. So... That, mate, they're, they're bars. There's no babies in there. Anyway, neck minute, elbows walking around, and a, and a baby gets handed emerges. Mate, I swear from the birthing suite. Mate, and he's getting photos with the baby. Like, is that? Could you get more stereotypical? Anyway, walk out. So this is one story. They walk out. Blah blah blah. Anyway, Fifey, the king, comes out. Fifey strolls out. He's in tracky pants. By the way, I would have not maybe put a suit on if I was going to meet the prime minister. Not Fifey. Comes in, shakes hand, shakes hand of uh, his entourage. Shake, shake, shake. Big slap up with Gil McLaughlin. Big big bro slap and a, and a shoulder pump with Gil. Jeez, it was funny. There, there, there's some good memes of Barack Obama going around there shaking the hands of basketballers. Yep. Shake hands, shake hands. And then, well, my brother. <laughs> it was exactly like that. It was classic. Anyway, yeah, got, got some. Got, I copped some actual abuse down there. What, the, what, what was it based around? Um, they didn't think I could, they could hear him. And then, um, someone out of the corner of their mouth goes... <laughs> <laughs> You need a fucking haircut, Schofield. <laughs> and I turned around and pissed myself. And they were so shocked I'd heard it, they went all in, into their shell. Anyway, I walked back. Not to blow up. I Just couldn't I have couldn't a laugh. Into, yeah, and I was like, what's going on? What are you, what's going on, boys? Are you having the beers? And then they're like, I'm so, I'm so sorry, mate. Didn't mean to offend you. I'm like, boys, trust me. 
telling me to get a haircut, you got you need to offend me a little bit more than that. So yeah, that's right, Skater. I walk up and down there for attention, but I thought there was a couple of <laughs> observations from the weekend. Um, it was it was a bloody good derby. I mean, let's get into it. Shelter Footy Car Sport to you by Shelter, born and brewed in Bustleton. It's Derby Week, big week. It was a good game. Mm, yeah, for three quarters, and then the obvious happens when you, you're down on numbers. And I thought, um, I reckon for the first time in more than 12 months, obviously beating the Giants last week, I think for the first time in 12 months, even with a couple of wins last year, I, I thought Eagle supporters would walk away really proud of, of what their team showed under adversity, which they didn't last year at various stages. Um, didn't take nothing away from Fremantle. They had to win it. They did win it. They kicked away in the last quarter. More relief at the Dockers than there is than celebrations because I, I, I mean I know you said on Thursday they'd they'd pump them in terms of they'd come out and put a margin between they did in the end, but I still think they are a long way from their, their finished product. But I think they know that. Yeah, I, I had West Coast in front in two quarters. I took two of the four. Um, I think they probably just I, I, they outscored him in the first. Um, uh, I was giving votes for the Roscoe and Denning um, Allen Medal, but. Um, we'll touch on that a little bit but I, I just felt like West Coast had the edge that first quarter and coming into that second I think they started the second quite well Luke Shuey does his hamstring and it was pretty much a downhill stretch from there but they they clearly won the third like they were all over Freeman all over him and they outscored him by a long way um, look I, I, I do also think that injuries are part of footy, but, but clearly that... You know, this is over and above. Yeah, it is over and above. But but I, I think, like most people, you see the coaches roll it out. You don't like to make excuses. I mean, if you get injuries, yeah, yes, that's the reason you lose, but you win or you lose, and, and Freo are good enough to win, and, that, and they end up sm- smashing West Coast. And so for whatever reason, it doesn't really matter if it's poor play or it's injuries or whatever it is, they win by 41 points. So it's a big win in the end. It is, uh, exactly. Uh, again, I'm not putting that, that much... On the, the the numbers in terms of the margin, I, I thought they their midfield looked better. Um, and again, because there wasn't that they they're able to get the the transition going a bit better. I think that they ball movement was improved. I thought Fremantle played a better brand, mm. and conversely, maybe Fremantle um, were allowed to do that by West Coast not being as suffocating as some other sides they've played so far this year. Very good. Uh, we'll get into the derby in a little bit. I thought a couple of other big moments of the round to touch on. Um, Geelong. Geelong goes 0-3. and three. We spoke about a few sides were on the cusp. So the Western Bulldogs were on the cusp of 0-3. and three. Uh, There were a couple other sides. Well, but actually Fremantle. Fremantle, correct. Sorry, Fremantle. And Geelong were the big three. And I, and I felt like one of them was going to lose, right? And probably didn't think it was going to be Geelong. And as it turns out, they go 0-3, and three, the first running Premier since 1976 to go 0-3. and three. And that was North Melbourne, who, by the way, 0-3 and three in 76, they end up making the grand final that year against Hawthorne. But it shows you how rare it is and how difficult it is and the national competition and how even the copies means that it's going to be really tough for Geelong. A, to, to make the eight is going to be... A challenge doesn't matter, doesn't matter what you say now. Zero and three means you've got some work to do. To finish top four is almost it's very unlikely. Very unlikely, and to go back to back as you were confident, as many were as, as a preseason. <laughs> we, don't worry, I picked Brisbane doing the flag, and they have just let me down regularly. So it's it's an open. Are they are Geelong cooked? I mean, keep it on, on Geelong. Geelong. Yeah. Do, do they look that they yes. they don't look good? But they scored one point, just one point from stoppages yesterday. Really? That is their lowest in their history. So there's a massive, um, you know, there's talk of Dangerfield's leadership not nowhere near as, as inspirational oh, as, uh, as Selwood. Unfortunately, unfortunately, 
Uh, I'll, I'll put that to bed right now. As much as people like to hate on Paddy Dangerfield, unfortunately, the leadership of your skipper, d- d- that, does, that doesn't result in one point from stoppage. I'm, I'm sorry. No. Maybe, maybe Joel Selwood can, you know, um, set a few things up and maybe he's a difference between a goal here and there. But on the field, it, it's up to the 18. That's the, the good players. It's a team thing. It's not, it's not about Joel Selwood or... You know Trent Cotchin at Richmond. Like he didn't win, he didn't win those games. I think all the point was when there was a moment, or you could tell that there was oh, there was okay, so vulnerability maybe that's once the a game. That's once a game. It's nothing. To do, I'm just telling you right now, it's nothing to do with the captain. Like genuinely, nothing, nothing. Max Gorn didn't win the premiership for Melbourne. He might have because of the way he played, but it's nothing to do with Dangerfield and Selwood. Anyway, the dynasty which they're talking about is going to be, in my opinion, is one it year. Over, well, it was, mate. It was one year. They aren't a dynasty. They've won one flag. They've been a great club for the whole of a century in terms of competitive. Yep. But it's not a dynasty. I mean, Richmond was a dynasty or a dynasty. A Hawthorne, a dynasty. Brisbane, Brisbane, exactly. Uh, Geelong been super, but they only got one flag out of this current group. So no more. No I don't. More I don't think so. It's the three rounds in, but I just don't think. It's not looking good. I agree. A long way. I agree. I I won't leave you out by yourself. I agree with you. They're not looking good. But I did pick them for the premiership. So go Geelong. Umpire descent. Uh, Look, I I watched this one. I can start on this one. This is a GWS Carlton. Um, There was 10 minutes to go. GWS at this stage were all over Carlton. uh, Carlton sort of fought their way back into the game a little bit. GWS had a bigger lead. But uh, 10 minutes to go. Carlton, um, are they... There was a tackle on Harry G- Mackay. Yeah, GWS, Sam Taylor, Harry Mackay. It was holding the ball. The, the decision was missed, right? Which happens all the time in footy. Yeah, I mean, play-ons are cool. That being said, you're right. The, the decision was probably wrong. And that happens all the time. Exactly. Play-on, um, they have a snap-on goal and they miss, right? And so as the ball goes through for a behind, um, sort of, thank God that didn't go through, both Lockie Whitfield and Stephen Cornelio, who are two leaders at GWS, both put their hands out at the same time. Why wasn't that? Why wasn't that a free kick? Now, I'm sure there was some expletives with it. I'm, I'm, sh- I'm, I'm no, I, I almost guarantee there was right. So the umpire, what? just to clarify, the umpire audio didn't suggest right. that there was. It was wasn't. Um, it wasn't what he said. He he didn't say. Look, the abusive language. So right, so it's the arms out exactly. Right. Well, I, I was. I, I I still would like to add that even if there was an F or an S or as long as it wasn't a personal attack on the umpire, I think at the top level, I think we need to be adult enough to perhaps be able to take that. And then if it's if it's really offended you or hurt you, you can have a conversation with players. I think you can go and talk to them. Well, relationships, and unfortunately, we go back and without trying to go 30, 40 years back, but umpires and players had taught those types of relationships. Mind you, they weren't mic'd back then. And there was a bit more banter. And I was speaking to Demo Gets about this yesterday, and I think he was uncomfortable with the decision being made like it is. Now, having said that, as a devil's advocate here, Scott, if Stephen had been told once or twice prior to that... Yeah, and he was arguing. Stop, stop yapping yeah. away, otherwise you... And he's done this a third time or a second time, then no problems. But if, if this was a out of the blue and there's a bit of frustration, he says that, you go back and say, mate, do it again, you're done. Or, you know... Descent rules, as well as um, scrapping the bounce in the waffle and the sample, um, th- these are all in there to encourage junior umpires to umpire at lower levels. And I do understand why these rules are here. But I, it, I, for mine, it's not a black and white rule, especially at AFL level. I, I can understand at junior and state leagues, it's black and white. You put your arms out, bad luck. But at AFL, the money that's on the line, 
the fan bases that are following these games, the the stakes that are they're a lot bigger than state level footy. They're a lot bigger than junior footy. They're a lot bigger than amateur footy. Yeah. So to compare it to, I I agree with you totally. To compare it to junior football, and I understand the image that we don't want to give uh, from from our elite players. But you, you cannot have that situation that happens. So we haven't finished the story. Carlton um, kicked the point, um, and arms go out. Free kick given. Top of the square. Guaranteed Jesse goal. And it bang. completely changed the game. Ten minutes to go. GWS lose. Who knows what happens in that game? Maybe Carlton win anyway. But but they hadn't scored a goal. I don't think since the second quarter. It had been a long drought for them. So it was just a defining moment in that match. You're right, Carlton may well have won the game anyway. But uh, I'd so be... devil's advocate. AFL's come out and said it's a complete correct decision. Well, that's that's no surprise. Well, so what? Well, well, I mean. Well, by the letter of the law, it probably is the correct decision, but that's that, what, that's the argument, isn't it? Of course, it's the so, argument. Sure, sure, no, as in, as in, surely we can show common sense at top level if uh, if if it's throwing an arm out or I uh, like. I uh, saw it yesterday. We saw another other. You're ca- talking with the arms out right now. Uh, uh, yeah, and I got Carl said dissent yesterday for me because there was one player on the outer side put his arms out asking for a free kick. Didn't happen. Well, that's that's a free kick. Players have been remember uh, Wilkie in round one against Fremantle. Told, looked at the school, pointing to the school board. He got fifty meter penalty for that. So oh, we've gone too far with it, unfortunately, and mm. um, it's got it's it at risk of really damaging the game. Did you ever? Uh, I say abused. Did you ever? Um, what about Dave Margets on? Yeah, but if you ever, uh, if I say abused and umpired, did you ever say that's a f decision or to, to an umpire? Yeah, I probably did. Yep. Yeah, I, I might have, I'm not going to lie. Did you ever get? Um, I, I I felt like. Um, even if it was heat of the moment and I dropped a swear word in there, I, I felt like I was never demonstrative to the point where I would have back and forth with the umpire a bit. Like, um, I was probably both ways. I, I would, if in a heat of the moment, full back, you know, um, that sort of stuff that happens. But if it was really something bad happened, I reckon I would have. But on the other flip side, I would always talk to the umpires in a really positive way. Or, would you ever apologise? Oh, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. That's, yeah. What, that's what I mean. Apologise mm. or have discussions, and especially when they're at the footy club. Like, I used to be really personal with them. But when you get out in that field, I think the good umpires understand that. That the, the ones that ever there was a reaction, they're not the good umpires. So I, I don't know how that can be educated through umpiring ranks, but it also needs to be educated to, to players. that you, you, can't, you can't abuse umpires. I think we know that. And so me saying that I used to do that, well, that feels a bit bad admitting, but I, but I did. Yeah, and look, we've got to be honest, footy's not at the, the lowest level compared to other sports like soccer at, at times with treatment of, of officials. Rugby Union, I think, is the, the, the code that we think is probably held the highest regard referees with the way they, not so much yes, so no, so, but there's, you don't see too much demonstrative behaviour. To, to wrap it up, that decision that was made on the weekend, we can't have games being decided by that because there's too much on, on the line. I'm sorry, but mm. so the AFL can say what they like, but we can't have that. So I don't know how it gets fixed, though, because it doesn't sound like it's going to get fixed. Well, the problem is, Scully, just quickly, is it? That was seen there, and we've seen other instances over the course of the weekend where players, it's, it's a natural reaction. I do it do it now. I do it at home. We all do it when we don't understand a decision to our wives, to our mates. I think you're right. Common sense just has to be applied. All right. We'll see if that happens. Uh, common sense, not so common sometimes. Mark Reddings, Will Schofield, Shelter Footy Cast. Let's get into the derby a little bit more, Skeeter. We'll break it down as we do every game here on the Shelter Footy Cast. Freo defeat West Coast by 41 points. It's a margin that was you know, probably flattering of the game. Um, I thought it was a really tight contest. I had West Coast for two quarters, Freo for two quarters. But in the end, 
the better team wins. Yep. The, the better team wins. Um, uh, let's go through the big moments. West Coast injuries, probably probably the top of them, though. So a um, couple of minutes into the second, Luke Shuey does his ha- hammy. I actually watched him come off. I don't know if you guys picked it up in the box. Smashing the wall as well? No, no. When he first came off, I was, I was watching him really closely, and I mentioned the producer on, on – I said, I reckon Shuey's done a hammy here. Um because he came off, and I and I just I just watched him the whole time. He didn't speak to anyone. None of the doctors knew, none of the physios knew, but he knew he'd done it. And he just stood there, and he he, he stood sat there for about two minutes and didn't speak to anyone. Did he go back on? No, no, no. no but you so no, he was he was that cooked, but he was that angry. I think he was trying to gather internalize it, and yeah. then he told the physios, and there was a whole bunch of thing. And I think he, he could have even told Elijah Hewitt first. I think he said, "Go and warm up now, mate." And then physios. Then he saw the wall punch. So he 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 will be devastated. Be playing good footy. What was he last that, week? That's what, this week. That's what he'll be devastated about. Like no, knowing Luke very well, one of my good mates. Like he's put as much work as anyone could ever put into their body over the last, uh, it's, it's particularly this preseason. You know, he's he's gone and bought himself a, a, um, a an infrared sauna that sits at his house. He's got recovery things at his house. He's got. Everything he does at the football club is to be about getting his body right, and then to feel, you know, not playing at that level when you're running around at that pace, you're not thinking about getting injured. You, you just you're playing on instinct. So to be playing so well, I was giving votes for the Ross Glendening. Oh, I've said that five times now, but I was I was voting every quarter, so then I could look back and see who was. I had him three votes for that first quarter. He would be devastated. Yeah, no question. Uh, McGovern, and he look. I, I mentioned a couple of weeks ago. I, I'd seen him. Um, been told that he was just a little bit sore at training, and yeah. he played against the Giants. Now it might not, might not be related, but he he did a decent hammy by the looks at it. He look good. He's looked high. It looked I'm not saying tendon, but it looked like something that's going to keep him out for a fair while. Uh, by the way, also this morning, um, Campbell Chess is going for scans on his knee. I've been told. Yeah, uh, which I means he was in a knee brace after the game. Which which means you know he's Gonski. Liam Ryan is well. Let's get to him last, but with uh, with a concussion. Uh, yep. So he's misses the mandatory. Um, Cripps broke his Cripps ankle. broke the ankle in hospital, which is uh, ugly to watch, difficult to to absorb. Liam Ryan, lucky not to do some serious damage with the way he fell. And have we quite worked out what yeah. his, what his ailment is? Yeah. So I spoke to Liam after the game. I went and made sure he was all right, and uh, he said his head was fine. Um, but he said he's got <laughs> in in his voice, which I'm not going to do. But no, he, he's very quietly yeah, spoken. He's, oh, mate, he's one of my, one of my good mates, and he said um, I don't I don't have enough meat on my bones. So <laughs> I don't have enough meat on my bones. When I fell on the ground, I smashed my my leg onto the ground. He said I'm just I'm just bruised, my brother. I'm bruised up. So so I think I think you'll be all right. They, hey, they didn't quite it, know what was going on. He was limping. He was run, coming back onto the ground. And he was, uh, he looked, uh, of course, he had no choice. He, he, said, he, was, he said he was okay. Um, he should have got a free kick as well, I reckon. I actually have no inside knowledge of this, but do you remember Oscar Allen um, uh, coming down on his knee in the yes. far pocket? Yeah, I do remember so that. I, I, I didn't see him after the game, but I heard um, Adam Simpson speaking about injuries, and Being he kept like, floating. There was a couple of people, yeah. so I think Chess is one of them. I wouldn't be surprised if Oscar Allen's hurt his knee there. I, yeah, I, the way he... Yeah, he wasn't jarred in the in the because he, he went into the turf, so that that could be the because he said there's a couple others that we don't know about. So if you had to name West Coast best players, I think you'd be pretty close to their best five with Allen, Ryan, McGovern, Witherden. Sorry, sorry, um, Shuey, 
Crips would be like in terms of importance. Yep, those five players. Yeah, those Tom Brass is Tom Tom Brass is there maybe. Um, it's a disaster. Tim, uh, Tim Kelly is there as well. So they're probably a seven. So you've lost five of your most important players in about two quarters. And that's why I think, in part, uh, Adam Simpson, so proud of what he saw in the third quarter. He had a smile on his face, um, maybe a, a rueful smile as he went about his work at three quarter time. And uh, depending on what those injuries are, that that that's season done pretty pretty much. I oh yeah, I think I think even with those players, it's going to be tough to to make a case for the Eagles to. to to have a huge year or have a decent year, but this this makes it. And with the run to come, I think there's Melbourne, there's Geelong. Thankfully, in Adelaide, not in Geelong, um, they've got Carlton and Richmond and Port Adelaide in the mix. So it's going to be. So you're going to have to dig deep internally, not only just players, but mentally. I think with some of those players that are missing, but fifty six thousand at Optus Stadium. Um, so it was a it was a sellout effectively, pretty much. Yeah, it was. Um, it was a good crowd. It was a loud crowd. Good game. Yeah, Oscar Allen was big early, took some big marks, but Freo kept answering as well. So even though they weren't dominating, Caleb Sarong was really big in that first quarter with clearance work around um, around the stoppage. He ends up winning the Ross Glendening, sorry, Glendening Allen medal, 35 disposals, 8 clearances, 12 inside 50s, and a lot of those inside 50s connected as well, which they've been missing. Mm. Like, they've been missing those. Walters kicks four. He was, he was very good. Uh, Frederick was good with two and a backflip. Uh, yeah, Justin Longmuir said I wouldn't have done it, but he's happy to keep that in the game, which is a trivia. I mean, anyone, I mean, I'm waiting for Carol Wilson to come out and, or someone to, to whack him for doing that, but let's be honest, it's easy. I bloody man. hope not. Oh, we, we've got to embrace it. We have to embrace that sort of stuff. I mean, you know, it was. Luke Jackson on the back page of the paper. Will he be on the back page of the paper? I haven't seen the paper today, but. No, will he? he's not. They should have put him on. That would have been funny, by the West. Um, yeah, uh, <laughs> action Jackson. Couple of goals. And you know, it, it was wasn't a huge game. I didn't think from him, but he, it was. The, the, we started to see some signs. Getting his hands on the footy. Still, still, I think a little bit clunky at times. But uh, the roar from the crowd when he kicks their first goal of the afternoon was was terrific for him. And I don't know whether he's a. a thin, they they, well, they want him around the footy, right? Like yeah. I, I, I don't like him as a midfielder. I, d- I didn't didn't like the chat preseason, and I don't like him. So, the, so the first centre bounce, he starts in the midfield on Luke Shuey. Luke Shuey got the clearance to live Bang. inside fifty yeah. goal. So. I don't. I don't think he's that guy. No, I mean Anthony Kudafidis was a big guy who sort of could go. go they, into they put Nick Nananui in there with Cox as well. They used yeah. to do that, but I don't think Jackson's that sort of guy. Just personally, if you're going to get him around the ball, put him on the wing or something. Maybe I don't know. You get a real mismatch out in the wing. Yeah. Um, but that, yeah, I think you're right. to, to try and ask him to match some of the the mids that, that go around in the AFL on a regular basis is a big ask. Yeah, uh, Matty Johnson played his first game, of course, did some good things. So he set up a couple of goals. Um, uh, David Mundy during the week said he was a better version of him. Um, it's a bloody good version. Yeah, yeah. So I see oh, he's 375 <laughs> games to go, I suppose. Um, yeah, what, what were your overall thoughts on it? No. Finish up. Decent, decent result. Uh, and I've got to say, at three-quarter time, we said this could be one of the Eagles' most famous victories if they get up because they had a, a bit of a feel about the way they were going about it. Mm. Um, but at the end of the day, probably for WA footy, more important than Fremantle won, just from us, and we're talking selfishly as broadcasters, that we go to the footy now, Fremantle, more likely the two to try and play finals, they had the results. So not a huge performance from Fremantle in terms of uh, their finished product. Did, got- I get, did I get the votes right? I think so. Look, I tipped, wrong, I tipped Darcy, Darcy uh, along with Jacko pre-game. And with you, I think I said Darcy, I made a strong case. Still had 52 hit-outs, kicked a goal. And I thought he was right in the conversation. But I think Sarong, 
deservedly got it. Um, have Switkowski one Switkowski, very much a factor in the midfield and obviously pushing influence. forward. I thought his influence, yeah. what he did, he had 20 touches, kicked two. I think that's a good yeah. game. But what he actually, what he provided for her was different than everyone else. Yeah, and they, there was talk of Tim Kelly not should have been um, in nah. discussion, but he, his efficiency by foot was 51%. Um, so... That, it, it wasn't. It wasn't in the best five players. In the that to me means he, he's not in the conversation. And also, the team lost by forty points. I think you're entitled to in that situation, given the three players at least we've spoken about, um, to to give uh, Caleb Sarong the the three. And I was and, just hoping I didn't fuck it up. No, well, that's what I'm saying. I, and I asked. I made the call to you to see if you could do it. And it's it is. There's a pressure with it because particularly in a game that was it was quite. There was wasn't like some of the seven goal haul or forty touches. Yeah, well, to start that last quarter, I still mm. was considering West Coast players. Within, you know, Ruben, yeah. G- Ruben Jinby, a nice game. for the he, might, he might end up with a nab rising star, well, rising so. star this week. I hope so. He had six clearances, 20 tackles, tackles. It was very good. And he's going to have to be good for the rest of the year. He's going to play the midfield for a long time now. So that'll be good for West Coast fans. Uh, that's the derby wrapped up, done and dusted until we, uh, we see that next time around. Let's get into the rest of the round. The Shelter Footy Cast, Mark Reddings, Will Schofield. <laughs> All right. Um, who did you tip? You tipped the Freo Dockers, didn't you? you said Freo. I did tip All right, Freo. So one from one. Very good. Western yeah. Bulldogs defeat Brisbane by 14. Well, go on. <laughs> Skeeter. Why would you pick them, mate? Why just, Brisbane? They can't blow away from home, mate. No. So just, just know that. Just I, pick I'll, them at the I'll alert that. Yeah. But they're playing Collingwood this week. So what I do there, we're, yeah, I'm, I'm going to have to stay with Brisbane because they they're doing my head in. They're doing my head in. And I picked the Bulldogs. You did pick the Bulldogs. Stick it up, yeah. Absolutely stick it up, yeah. You know what? It, it, well, I'll stick it up you because guess what? During the game, I saw how pitiful Brisbane were, and I backed Brisbane. I backed Bulldogs at minus one and a half, and they they won by what fourteen. So I got the you know you you tip for show, you put, uh, you punt for dough. Very good, well done, Skeeter. Uh, the Bulldogs big big upset win in the end. Jamari Eagle Hagen was a terrific. Made a statement. Five goals. Uh, Paid tribute to Nicky Wimar with uh, the pointing at the chest. Uh, was extremely emotional during the game, after the game. But I just thought he spoke so well. Mm. I, I've heard what he had to say after the game, both on field with Daisy Thomas and then uh, off the ground and in the press conference. Like, he's a 20, 21-year-old. Like, he's a kid. 20. He's a kid, mate. And he, the way he spoke about uh, so what, what being Indigenous means to him, his culture, um, what footy means to him. Like, I, I couldn't have loved it anymore. And the, and the kick five as well. Yeah, and look, you said to me, um, I think yesterday or whatever, you knew, even though it was a tight game, you sort of knew that the Bulldogs were going to win that game from, I reckon, the first five five or so, yeah. ten minutes. You thought, no, nah, this game's on their terms. They're playing as they want to. And credit to them, Bevo's got them out of a real hole there. Zero and two to zero and three would have been disastrous. From a Brisbane perspective, and I know, look, they're a, they're a quality side, we think, but the frustration levels that Joe Danaher provides, mm. um, Eric Hipwood, that duo, it's just hard to see them playing consistently well enough to provide that team with a premiership. For just what we're seeing over, over not just this year, but previously, there's there's too many variables with them. Removing a McStay, um, I, I know he probably goes to a better better deal at Collingwood, and that's that's you know contract talk sometimes out of their hands, but. I mean, for the Lions to not cough up the dough for McStay, and they've coughed it up for Hipwood, by the sounds of things. He's got a long-term deal. I, I, I think that's an interesting decision. Yeah, Look, Hipwood might do flashier things every now and then, but McStay, you know what you're going to get. He's going to crash some packs. He's reliable. He plays every game. He doesn't get injured. 
Um, I think they've moved for. I, th- I think potentially they've they've gone chips in and gone. Potentially, we could be better rather than just we're pretty good right now. Like they've been a very very good side for the last three or four years. Just get a little bit better, but I, I think they've tried to fill some gaps and get too creative or something. Let me just quickly tap into what I uh, said: the the flat track Brisbane Bullies is they've played really well up against uh, Melbourne at the Gabba, poor against Port, ordinary against the Bulldogs. The Eagles, even I mean, in 2018, you won quite a few away games yep. uh, from memory. But is that a sign if you if you're struggling away from home? Of is can you can you identify why teams do that? Like Brisbane, quality side. You know they're a good side, but they just well, it has to be mental, right? Yeah. I mean, it's 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 the mental ability to perform outside your comfort zone. You're not driving to the game. You've got a bus to the game. You're not sleeping in your own bed. You're not cooking your own food. You're not around your family, your friends. It's all it's all different, right? So. The good teams adapt and they play well and they find a way to win and, and Brisbane aren't doing that right now so it makes them not a good team. It just, I mean, it's pretty much as simple as that, right? Yeah, well, they get stuck. Don't, don't pick him, Skeeter. Don't pick him. Rory Lobb got subbed out. Um, he's been disappointing to start his career at the Bulldogs. So yep. I don't think that's an understatement. Collingwood defeat Richmond by 14 points. This was a good game. Um, probably a bit closer than... Like Collingwood, Collingwood was a better side. Here, right? Yeah, inaccuracy certainly... Cost Collingwood. They almost doubled their scoring shots. Yeah, it was a low-scoring scrap. Just the way Richmond were like with a bit of rain, it was more suited to their style of footy. And I thought, given the numbers they had out, the Tigers were, were pretty competitive. To be honest with you, uh, Nick, Nick, Nick Dacos has another thirty-plus disposal game. Um, he's third in a row this season. I think it's a cop out to say you can't tag him. I think teams aren't tagging him. They're, they're trying to. So the, the the argument goes with it, right? All right? You can't tag him if he starts at half back and then goes to the wing and goes inside and then goes forward. You can. You just need to sacrifice someone going with them. And, and I, I think no one's paying him enough respect. Like, the, the question is, who, who's, the, who's the player? I mean, he's not, he's not the world's greatest athlete. No, like, no. He's, like he's not he's not Peter Bowl running around out there. He, he's, he's just like everyone else, but no one's respecting him. But no one's giving him enough respect. Seriously. Respect to, uh, you can tag players like that out of the game very easily. Put someone on him and you sacrifice... Um, Team defence, you sacrifice um, the ability once the ball goes your way to sort of attack. You're playing with 17 men effectively. But you know what, Skate? So are they because you take him out of the game. He, he's too dangerous. He, he's too damaging, too dangerous with what he does with the footy. I, I'm, I'm just shocked. Why are we not tagging is, is players it, anymore? You're saying is, is it, it's easier said than done, surely. Otherwise, if, if that... Mate, the teams are too arrogant. They don't want to tag. I'm telling you. I don't, I don't understand why. So, okay, who would you use, say, Fremantle and West Coast to tag Nick Dacos? Give, um, me, the, give me the two players. Put, you can bring Jai Cully in if you like and just put him on him at West Coast. Did you say West Coast? Yeah, either one. listening. Yeah, no, either at Fremantle. At Fremantle, Aish. Put Aish on him. I mean, Aish did try to do a job on Tim Kelly at stoppage. Clubs... I'm telling you, clubs, clubs go, okay, we, need to, we, we want the cooler. The cooler. The, right? We're going, to put, we're going to put Aish on Tim Kelly at stoppage, and we're going to stop him from getting the clearances. But around the ground, he can run around and do whatever he likes. They're doing the same with Nick Dacos. When he runs around and does what he likes, he sets up about six goals for Collingwood. Just tag him. Just tag him. It's not that hard. Just tag him. And so this week, we'll talk about later, but whether it's a Stasevich or someone who's got that. Tag him. Okay. Tag him. <laughs> he will win the brown load. Tag him. I don't know why clubs don't want to tag. It, it's, it's ridiculous. I've played with lots of taggers. They're the, the most important players in the team. Did a lot of shows with Ryan Crowley last year. Cameron Ling, outstanding. I mean, they, these, are, these are like, and, and Richmond never used to do it with, with their team because they sort of like, they're like a whole team of taggers, just like all these guys running around. But 
There's been plenty of good taggers. You can tag him. They just people just don't want him, and I'm, I'm a little bit sick of it. You can you can hear me. Uh, that was uh, that was Damien Hardwick's 300th game as Tigers coach. Does that surprise you? 300. That's a lot of lot of footy. Uh, love the way Collingwood's playing. It's only round three. They're probably premiership favourites as we speak. But uh, John Dugowie, I reckon, is up there in the Brownlow Medal. 35 touches, 10 clearances. He just looks like a bloke that's enjoying his footy. Craig McRae flies. He's known. Um, Collingwood got some issues. Big, big issues. Such as? They don't have a ruck. They oh, well, Darcy, that. obviously, Cameron going down. That's, that's Grund- significant. Gone. Darcy Cameron, yep. um, his name is MCL. That'll be eight weeks. Mason Cox is injured. Yep. They got a young ruckman that they recruited. Uh, test me out. Aiden, someone, maybe. Injured. Uh, they, they literally will be playing mixed in the that they, they will have to play mixed day. Billy Frampton, who's, who's played, played brilliantly on the yep, weekend. So I don't Lynch. think they're going to put him into the ruck. Oh man, they don't have a ruckman, so that's 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 a big issue for the time being. Oh yeah. yeah, absolutely. Yeah, well, we'll find out on Thursday night, I suppose. Thank you, Skater. Um, who'd you pick? I tipped Collingwood in that one, so and right. uh, I think yeah, the better team won. A bit like you know we saw with the, the Derby, but the the injuries for Richmond, uh, I think certainly aided. But uh, Collingwood deserved to get the points. Hawthorne defeat North Melbourne by nineteen points. North Melbourne are tanking. I'm, I'm going to come out and say it here on the show. Of hey, North, North Melbourne are North tanking. Melbourne tanking. Um, they've lost to Hawthorne. Well, I mean, everyone said Hawthorne's tanking. So if they can't oh, beat... being a smart-ass, okay. <laughs> if Hawthorne <laughs> beat North Melbourne, then North Melbourne are tanking. Can I, can I say this? Like, seriously, how dumb do you have to be? A couple, of, tanking, oh, yeah, yeah. A couple of caveats with that defeat. Uh, as I'm sitting down to watch the footy, I'm thinking, where's yeah. Davies Uniac? Where is he? Well, he was, of course, he was a late withdrawal with a calf, a Mate, tight calf. and captain so, my dream team. So he goes, Simpkins out... Um, Hawthorne and Launceston hard to beat and so Clarko um, lowers his colours to, to Sam Mitchell and um, yeah Hawthorne were, were admirable against, I know, uh, he doesn't sound like you're too impressed but Sam Mitchell outcoached Alistair Clarkson which is a bit which is a big one so Mitchell our first two rounds it was run and gun and take the game through the middle like a Collingwood right and they got spanked doing it by mm. Sydney but by Essendon who I mean man, that maybe they're a good side this week, uh, he chipped his way through. He measured ball movement, yeah, was it? Yeah. So they had, they had 100 more uncontested mar- um, uncontested possessions and about 60 more uncontested marks. They chip, 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 chip. Um, always lowered their eyes and then went inside 50 and, and they, he outcoached them. Yeah, well, North Melbourne, I was watching the game, North Melbourne looked to, to block the corridor. So uh, Hawthorne was like, okay, well, I'll take what's on offer, which was a player free, 23. I kept looking at the two. Where is this pressure coming from North? It didn't. And then, as you say, they get to a... You know, a kick and a half out, that's when they would try and um, evaluate and then hit their target. So you're right, they played it really well, Hawthorne, deserved winners. Um, North Melbourne, I think, gee, they, they want their two-star midfield, midfielders back, but they weren't disgraced, but they, they had a down day. And no surprise, I mean, you know, for North to win three in a row, not too many people would have forecast that at the does, start of the year. Does, does that remind you of someone playing, the chip-chip, like, smart play? I mean, that's Sam Mitchell, right? Like that's, yeah, that's, those little dinky kicks, yeah. So, so it was 140 to 89 marks. It was 423 to 342 disposals, 80 more uncontested possessions. Like, they they, they outplayed him and did him well. Um, Brockman from Hawthorne, he's had a great story. He missed a lot of footy, came back in. They've got really high hopes for him, being a good footy player. He kicks three goals. Um, Dylan Moore's having a really big season again. He was great last year. He kicked two goals as well. So uh, it'll be interesting to see how both bounce back next week. Carlton defeat GWS by 10. We spoke about this a little bit. Look, this was GWS's game for a long part of the game. And uh, thank you very much, umpire. But Carlton get another win. They go three, uh, so they go 
two and a half. Two and a half, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, unbeaten, that's what they are. And Paddy Cripps, I think, from memory on the weekend, Very his high. highest ever disposal count of 42. That's correct. 42. Um, that was, like, he, he did his best to get him across the line, which he did. We talked about the controversy late in the, in the game. Uh, Giants were, were super competitive. But I think what we saw is Carlton... Um, with the ability to, to guts it out and win that game, you know, you look back and go, oh, yeah, they won by, you know, a couple of kicks and, you know. They've done it twice now, haven't they? Like, you, as in Geelong. Yeah, important. You know, as you'll know, I remember you beat Carlton at the MCG in your premiership year, and it wasn't a great performance mm-hmm. per se, but you bank the win, you, you interstate, you get it done, um, and there won't be too many plaudits for the way they played on the weekend because it was inaccuracy. No, and but that, but how, how Monday's meeting works for Carlton, though, they review it maybe for a really short period of time. They take a couple of learnings and they just move on. Like, to win it, you're just happy with that. Absolutely. See, see, see you later. So well, that's, a, that's a difference between finishing you know, arguments like... Yeah, top, top four. four yeah, absolutely. Is. Yeah, so they so they get that win done. I mean, they look impressive. We've got to be honest. They they look impressive. They've got a lot of the key things that you need to to win a, a flag. They've got um, key forwards that are performing. Um, oh yeah. See, I, I tend to disagree with Mackay and Kerno. Great, great potential. But I tell you what, they might well get them to a yeah, final. That's a good point. But my issue is they, they look unreliable in front of goals, don't they? That's exactly my point. Yeah. It's, it's it's strange. They spend a lot of time together, obviously, because they do the same things. They start snap like Harry McKay. I haven't seen Harry McKay take a set shot, or well, maybe he did from outside fifty on the weekend. But yeah, I, I, but he's not he's not like a pap like a Papley or like these guys that do them like a Stevie Johnson, just to use as you know best of all time. That you're just like, well, he's going to snap it, but he's going to kick it. Harry McKay starts snapping it, and you're like, this could go anywhere. Speaking of which, same game, Jesse Hogan from thirty meters out snapped, didn't make the distance. I mean, he, you can see why goal kicking is a mentality thing, right? It's not a technique thing. I know. I know you just say we'll just kick it, drop. No, 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 but it's but the reason they're not doing that is because they mentally can't. It's it's confidence. Yeah, no, it's just strange. Jesse Hogan, we saw him in Perth, um, and he did the same. He missed a couple here, then went around his body. But he's thirty meters out. He he's, he's kicked he's kicked goals throughout his career. So yeah, I find that strange. And Harry Mackay and, and Charlie Kerno as well. That is through the course of the weekend, Sco. I'm not sure the percentages, but the numbers suggest that the goal kicking hasn't really improved over the yeah, over time. 70 years. Um, St Kilda defeat Essendon. Oh, who did you pick in that game? Uh, Essendon. Seriously. No, Carlton. De- oh, I tipped Carlton, Carlton yes. Yeah. And you picked North Melbourne, didn't you? I picked North Melbourne. Oh, I did as well. St Kilda defeat Essendon by I tipped, I tipped Essendon. They were gone 20 minutes in. <laughs> Seriously. And Ross Lyon, I'm telling you now, he could coach Auskick. An Auskick team to win an AFL game at the moment. Is he the, be- is he the best coach in the, in the league at the moment? Anyway, if you were pitch, picking the coach of the month, absolutely by by panels, mate. He he would be. He might almost be laughing. I reckon because he he doesn't have a team at the moment. They've still got all those injuries they started the year with. He's changed some things. I was sort of trying to look at what what he's changed because St Kilda for a long time, like they don't they haven't been doing this. They haven't been playing like this. So what's what what's why, he doing? What's it? Well, so clearly they have defense first um, mindset now. I would think coaches that have coached him in the past have tried to get them to defend, but but Ross Lyon clearly has a way of getting people to buy in. Mm. And if you don't do it, you're out. And if you do do it, you get rewarded. And you know that that's like it's pretty simple. It sounds simple at least. 
I really love what they're doing with Mason Wood. He's had he's had a really best season. I mean, it's only three games. He looks like he's a new player. Well, he had twenty seven touches, eleven marks, and a goal on the weekend. He had thirty uh, start the year. Like he, like he he's this hybrid mid wing forward that's just getting around the ground and getting his hands on it. I, I said this before the game on six PR. Three players that I. Um, you know, I've played on some of the greats of all time, right? Buddy Franklin and Matty Lloyd I've played on, and all those guys that are up there with great players. But three players I used to have trouble with, Jared Waite, Josh Bruce, and Mason Wood. We had a game, Brad Shepard and I, were, I distinctly remember sitting in the backline meeting room arguing over who wanted, who was going to play on him because he was had, like he had this year at North Melbourne where he was, like, he was frightening. He was quick. He could jump, he could kick, he could do everything. He was he was this powerhouse. It was endurance, and then he they, they stopped playing him. And he was I, 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 I used to text Shep, and when he was still on the list, and I was I was like Mason Wood not playing, like give him a thumbs up. You know, like he, he, yeah. he they just mentality. I, I, don't know. I read something a piece in the Herald Sun recently about Mason and suggesting that he he was on pretty good terms with himself. Said something at the Flemington races once about how good he was or how good he was going to be. So whether he lost his way a bit, I don't know. He looks bloody good now. But he's in good nick. Saints are going rippingly well. Jack Steele not there. Of course, the 150th anniversary. I said, it, I said it wouldn't matter, didn't I? I said it wouldn't matter one bit. Players won't care. Players would, oh, did, did I say it to you? I yeah, you did. No, you did. Well, I did. They cared. Yeah, they cared. Clearly. Yeah, well, they cared. And you know what? One bloke I did not recognise when they're doing the, the pre-match, I, I had to look twice and going, who is that bloke? Plugger. <laughs> Plugger, Did you mate. see the picture plugger. of the shot of Plugger? Who's, who, now, whatever diet he's gone on, and I'm assuming it's a diet, it's well, been quite I, a while. I hope it is a diet. Yeah, no, exactly. I don't think he's, I don't think he's ill, but if it, a diet is such, and I think he's been really uh, svelte for, for some time now, it's an extraordinary amount of uh, weight that he's lost since he's played. There's all this controversy whether he was going or not. Uh, did you see all that? He was like, is he going to go? Is he going to go? But it was good to see him down there. Yeah, and the Saints, look, one flag during their uh, 150 years has been a, a, a pretty... Tough road to hoe, and, and Ross Lyon's been there during their toughest moments in many ways. So, yeah, good look. They're top of the table, thereabouts. Well done to them. Yeah, very good. Uh, Langford kicked another goal. Uh, Higgins kicked four. Butler, four. So they've got some key, like, nippy fours. Just, just think about Ross Lyon, what he's done with successful sides. So that was St Kilda, and then Frio, and then now St Kilda again. It's built on defence. It's built on pressure forwards, right? He loves pressure forwards. Yep. And then just... Role players in the middle, like they 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 lose Jack Steele, but someone just steps in and plays his role, and, and that's that. Yeah, footy's, the, the footy's difference is though, game, Scoey, in brief, is it going back to St Kilda um, and Fremantle? He had some absolute A listers through, and he might still have them here at some stage. But you know, Revolt, Pavlich. I mean, you yes. go through five. You think of who he had at his disposal at the moment. Mate, they're bereft. They they shouldn't be winning the matches. They're not going ten and zero though. To start no, they're not. But by the same token, they're probably on track to win ten for the year now. Yep. Um, and dare I say it, they they could play finals, which would be I think a a huge tick for him. It'd be a shock for most as well. Adelaide defeat Port Adelaide by thirty one yeah. points. We would have both picked Port Adelaide. I'm assuming. Yeah. What's what's going on with them? Well, I didn't see the game, but I know that uh, there was... You talk about you being a judge in the uh, Glendening Allen medal, which was quite a seamless production, and yes. I must admit I, I sort of made the phone calls to, to yes. ask these various people to do it, including you. Um, they there used was, Kingy in, who's in, in there Melbourne. There were five voters. There were five, were there? There was five. Gee, weird. There was five voters, and one of them wasn't at the ground. Well, Kingy wasn't there, David King. 
And then and everyone gave votes for all different people and it was a shit show by the sounds of it. Um, Not a showdown. Riley Phil Thorpe. He kicked five, five, got one vote out of out of fifteen. Um Rankin. Rankin was a gun. Again, I didn't see the game because I was working, but um yeah, a bit of controversy over that. But that's a big win for Adelaide because uh Port uh, you, you, you would have hey, they won by thirty one points in the showdown. Running um, away. Yeah. Um Tom Doday, Duday, Dude. Dude, you know what I'm talking about. He t- he tweeted, "Shit, I love beating that team." There, there's genuine Hatred, venom. Yeah. There's venom between these two sides, and there's not between Freo and West Coast. So I, I know we build it up a bit. It's know, it's like it's it's not there. Adelaide is what it is. Oh, mate, there's a je- pre-game coaches are talking about. Um, we dislike them as a club. Well, you know, it's just, <laughs> that's good. We love it. It's like if, if Port Adelaide's playing someone, this is the craze, if Port Adelaide's playing someone, we're barracking for the other side. Like, it's that personal. And I love it. And it's um, it's something that we lack here. And you and I were on, on, on air yesterday with Dale Alcock. We tried to get a bit of spice. No, but it just, it just, it, it'll be manufactured. Unless, look, the only times, to be brutally honest, there have been those moments between the clubs has been at the start when, West Coast belted Fremantle on the scoreboard and physically. Um, the demolition derby, Andrew Gaff, yeah. Andrew Brayshaw. That, that's when the, the, the real passion has come out. So, unfortunately, um, yeah, we can't match the showdown. And, and Port Adelaide, after blowing away Brisbane, have looked pretty average since then. Uh, I'm, I'm coming to realise, so we both get that tip wrong. Um, I, got, I got five for the week. You got four. Did I? That's I, that's generous. I, I'm, I'm, I think I'm coming to realise that if you're going well in tipping this year, you, you have know, no, you'd have no nothing. idea about footy. Well, and, you know, and, and you know how much you and I know about footy? About as much. Because we pick Geelong to beat Gold Coast. But, on the Gold Coast. Uh, well, this is Muppet, who I work with, and you know Muppet. He said, I'm on top of the footy tipping. I said, how did you do that, mate? He said, I just tipped the home team. <laughs> Oh, good. <laughs> Just tip the home team. So he tipped the Gold Coast yesterday, tipped first, Fremantle yesterday. First time since 2017 the Gold Coast have beaten the Cats. Uh, we spoke about 1976, first uh, reigning premiers to go 0-3. and Lukosius kicks five goals, including a 65-metre set, long set shot. He just drilled it from out the back. Geelong on the bottom of the ladder. <laughs> it's actually funny. Like, what's going on here? Geelong, no good. Now, they were 5-4 and four last year. The Cats won 16 in a row. In their last two games of 2022, they kicked 38 goals. In the first two games this year, they've managed a total of 19. Wow. They have dried up significantly. Tom Hawkins, who... Go back three months ago. He was supposed to miss. Yeah, he's had a really the start really, of the season. Really patchy preseason. Has he been brought back too early? Oh, there's so many questions, and I did say this and at the start of the season about the appetite to to really they'd worked so hard over such a long period of time to get to the the zenith, the top of the mountain. I said, Scully, I just can't see they're going to have that, and other teams are going to try and pick them apart. Um, that's about the only prediction I've got right preseason. But they they don't look like a side that has that at the moment. That will to so, go. Okay, so what about the Gold Coast Suns? We completely wrote them off because we were like, well, Geelong's going to beat them. They're going to start 2 on 3 and we're going to get rid of them out of the AFL. They beat Geelong. Like, you can say what you like. Okay, Geelong's, you know, a lesser form of what they have been. But Gold Coast still get the win. Like, it's a really big win for their footy club. And they could go either way for them here off the back of that, right? Especially, I think the Saints away this week. I mean, a lot relies on Took Miller and what he does midfield. Um, you know, Jared Witts has been terrific since going there up there. There is a heartbeat. Yeah, there, Ben there King back playing footy, kicked a goal yesterday, Lacocious five. Oh, we want them to do well, and maybe that's the result. Put it this way, that's the result Stuart Jew desperately needed because here's how I read the play. If, if, if he can't get them rolling this year, 
Port Adelaide hit the skids. Yes. Oh, you know, I know he's re-signed a deal, etc. But Ken Hinkley, I, th- I think he's still a good coach. I wouldn't be surprised if if Hinkley, if, if, yeah, if Port can't, yeah, if Port start the same way as last year, they have one win from six games. He's in trouble in mid-season. And Stuart Jew's got to, if not play finals, get them to ten to twelve wins to to be. Really knocking on the door. Yeah, I agree. Uh, Melbourne defeats Sydney by 50 points. They came out of the blocks. It was like 38 to 1 in the first quarter. Absolutely spanked them. Um, Thanks for putting it in the run sheet this week, Charlie. Appreciate that, so I didn't miss it. Uh, Were we surprised? Not really. Van Ruin. Three goals. West Aussie on debut. Young kid from Claremont. Um, Exciting. So he played a lot of footy in the VFL. So he's, he's had a year in the system. This is his second year at Melbourne. Uh, look, all I can I haven't seen obviously much of him play for Casey, but he he was terrific um, as a Colts play. He predominantly is a forward, but can go back. But he was spectacular, and given the fact that um, Ben Brown was subbed out of the game yesterday, it shows you that Van Royen has has made a an imprint, and he'll obviously hopefully get a decent run at it. So Lockie Hunter, I heard him speak on uh, the Debrief podcast mm-hmm. in Melbourne, uh, which is a local fan podcast. They do some good work there. He he got to the club this year from the Western Bulldogs and, and asked one of the coaches, who, who, who is this kid? Who is this? How many games has he played? Yeah, no games, never played. Why not? He's a superstar. And so he's, he's clearly um, impressed at VFL level. But just from the eye test, that's from a senior player from another club that's never seen him before. So I'd like to see him play more games. That's a great result. Uh, Buddy Franklin draws level with... Is it Coventry or Coleman? That sounds terrible. But um, with the most uh, games... Kicking more well, than yeah, multiple kick goals. Kick two, didn't he? Kick two, so he draws level with the most of all time. It's like five hundred and seventy-six games. Yeah, now didn't see the game because primarily we were working on ours. But um, I, I am sensing and reading that uh, Sydney were very buddy centric, as opposed to the week before they had McDonald, had a Marty, but they went back to their their you ways. You raised this. You raised this point mm-hmm. on the on mm-hmm. the. You know, we want to see McDonald sort of. Be the Flourish. focus. Yeah. Maybe you've got to play Buddy higher, you know, out not, not so deep and play McDonald deeper. Yeah. Is Buddy's physically, I mean, Maybe. he's a. Yeah, you said he was, you said he was done mid No, I, I, said he, I said he won't kick 50, but I, That's right. what they'll probably do is, is if he plays 12 to 14 games, that would be, I reckon, optimum. That's my guess. Very good. Mark Reddings, Will Schofield, Channel 40 Cast. So you got the four votes, you got the five uh, for the weekend skater, so I absolutely dominated you. Bad luck, mate. Shelter XPA X Factor. Um, look, oh, I mean, it's pretty obvious. I mean, we'd love to give it to Jacob Van Royen. Um, yeah, but the shipping costs, yeah, like, correct. You know, it comes out of my... So board, we'll so. give him a pseudo-slab. Well done, Jacob. He's the <laughs> pseudo-slab of Shelter XPAs. We're giving it to Caleb Sarong Skater. Yeah, no, fair enough. Young bloke who would get asked for ID if he went to a, a, <laughs> a pub, but uh, got the Glendening Allen Not a medal. problem that you or I have to put up with, <laughs> no, unfortunately. No. It's so embarrassing. when Everyone walks in. My wife sometimes gets asked for ID. And my daughters that do it, and they go, yeah, you're right, you're right, mate. You're the old bastard. Yeah. You're more than likely to get stopped and asked not to come in <laughs> exactly. than after a night. <laughs> or kicked out for being an idiot. But I'm off the drink at the moment. Before I have a shelter in 40-odd days, I'm... Uh, Doing well? Uh, yeah, I'm okay at the moment. Early days. Caleb Sarong, uh, Glenn Denning Allen medalist. He gets the slab of shelters. That's us, Skeeter, done and dusted. Shelter Footycast. You know you're on the new feed. If your friends can't find us, tell them. Jump on a new feed. Footycast. At shelterbrewing.com.au as our email. Give us something to finish with, Skeeter. I don't know what you got for us. No, nothing huge. Just to say that Thursday night, uh, short week, of course. We've got Easter coming up, uh, Gabba, footy. Is there holidays at the end of this week? Apparently for some people, yeah, it's Easter. Do you get them off? I'm, go- I'm working Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, and Monday morning. And then I might go and hold hands with my wife, have some breakfast, 
and reacquaint myself. So no, we are work. It's footy season. That's what we love. That's what we do, and we love talking about it. Do we do it? I love it, and then we rant about it right here on the show. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.